Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is The Morning Shift. Illinois is the top soybean producer in the nation, but the ongoing trade war between the U.S. and China has taken a big bite out of business. But last week, Taiwan dropped a big announcement that could be a boon for Illinois farmers. Taiwan makes a multi-billion dollar commitment to Illinois farmers. The country has agreed to buy $2.2 billion in corn and soybeans from the land of Lincoln over the next two years. To find out what kind of impact this might have, we turn to Cecile Shea. She's a senior fellow on global security and diplomacy at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Cecile, how big of a deal is this? It's not such a big deal, actually. Um, Taiwan is a small country. The population is less than the state of Texas. What they've basically done is double the amount of grain that they would normally, or in this case, the amount of beans that they would normally buy. So it's good news if you're a soybean farmer because they're not buying their beans from Argentina or Australia or somewhere else. And and maybe we can come back to why they're making such a big deal about this tour that they're on. Yesterday, they announced that they're buying wheat from Idaho, for instance. It'll help, but it's really not enough. There's no way that a country with a relatively small population like Taiwan can make up for the fact that a country of a billion people is not buying beans from Illinois anymore. Well, we had a chance to check in with the sixth generation Illinois corn and soybean farmer who we talked to often. We wanted her reaction. And she said the market actually went down um, after this news because farmers are worried that this letter of intent from Taiwan is not a completely done deal. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's true. And and there have been other letters like this. And, and sometimes, you know, Taiwan doesn't quite fulfill it, but usually it does. It looks like they will buy these beans. The prices are fluctuating for a variety of reasons, mostly, I think, because the last round of trade talks with China, which ended on Friday in Washington and New York, didn't come up with an agreement. There is talk that there'll be another round in a couple of weeks. But at the end of those talks, the Chinese trade delegation, which was supposed to visit the Midwest, Minnesota, and I think Nebraska to discuss purchases, canceled its trip. It now appears that the Secretary of the Treasury asked them to cancel the trip because it was going to be embarrassing for President Trump to have China say, look, we would buy this stuff from you, but we really can't right now because of the tariffs. That and and other issues are affecting the prices, both the stock market in a big way on Friday, but also the price of commodities. Help us understand a little bit more about the American industries that are getting hit the most from this trade by this trade war. Well, at this point, almost all industries, uh, manufacturers' optimism is dropping. Interesting consumer sentiment has not been too affected yet, in part because they are feeling the effects indirectly and in part because companies so far have been able to cut prices to make up for the fact that they're having to pay these duties of between 15 and 25 percent when they import products. But in the middle of December, when duties start directly hitting consumer products like toys and like clothing, consumers are going to feel it because there's not a lot of profit currently to be made on those products. Prices are are really low already. And so it's going to be difficult for manufacturers and importers and retailers to cut prices the equivalent of the duties. So... Right now, it's being felt at the manufacturing side. There was a really interesting story by ProPublica yesterday about a company that makes very advanced 
desalinization equipment here in the Midwest in Michigan. And because of the duties, they tried to buy some of their components in the U.S., and they found the U.S. just couldn't manufacture them to their quality standards anymore. So they've had to go to enormous administrative lengths to try to continue manufacturing these products, which they don't sell in the U.S., interestingly. They export to Dubai and other places that are really short of water. So it's affecting a lot of manufacturers who are going to enormous lengths to try to hold their prices down, including probably not hiring people that they would have hired otherwise. Help us understand a little bit how this is affecting larger companies, corporations, and how it's affecting smaller, maybe mom and pop places. Yeah. So if you're Boeing, you're really worried because China is your most important customer and China is saying that it's not going to purchase as many Boeing aircraft because of the tariffs and and if they slap huge tariffs on on US manufactured aircraft and don't slap the same tariffs on European manufactured aircraft then airlines in China are going to buy the the European aircraft. So if you're um, large manufacturers, you're being hit doubly. I I mentioned Boeing's going to have difficulty exporting, but they're also having to pay higher prices for all sorts of components that are imported from China, capacitors and transformers, and the price of steel has gone up. The price of aluminum has gone up because of all of these tariffs. So large manufacturers and small manufacturers are being hit doubly, both because they can't sell to China, which very often is their largest Um, client. And their components are costing a lot more money. Now, I happened to take a little mini vacation a couple weeks ago to a a town in Michigan, and I went in a a cute dress shop, and prices were very reasonable, nothing more than $30. And I asked the woman what was going to happen in December when tariffs hit her clothes, because clearly no one is making a lot of money, right? The manufacturer is not making much money. The importer, she clearly is not making a huge profit. And interestingly, she didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's a reminder that you know, even in big companies, the C-suite is paying attention to this. And, and maybe the unions are paying attention to this because it's starting to affect companies like GM now. But m- most people are, are have busy lives and, and they really aren't that interested in big words like tariffs and they're not paying too much attention. But but they're starting to. And certainly that woman who sells dresses in China, uh, dresses from China, the next time that she needs to import a lot of product and her middleman tells her they're going to cost 10 percent more or 15 percent more, she's going to be shocked because then she's going to have to either raise prices or basically make no profit. So how much have consumers felt the impacts yeah. of the trade war so far? So there's a lot of research about this. And one of the big tax NGOs or or, or think tanks in Washington has published a report saying that the tariffs so far have wiped out any benefit from the most recent tax cuts that went into effect 18 months ago. A huge percentage of Americans don't pay taxes. So obviously, they did not benefit directly from the tax cuts, and they're paying more money already for certain products. Um, But those who did see small benefits, the benefits have been small enough that the impact of these tariffs particularly when this next round goes into effect in December, are large enough that it's completely wiping away any benefit from that. So it's kind of a drip, drip, drip. People see that prices are going up. They don't know why. But sometime in this winter, we're going to see some real serious um, impact on consumer sentiment because manufacturers are going to have to start raising prices as they run out of product that they imported 
pre-tariffs. I want to turn back to farming because the federal government is offering farmers in our state and others payouts to make sure their businesses stay afloat. Walk us through how that, that works. Yeah, so first of all, they have to plant so that they can prove that they couldn't sell the grain or had to take a huge loss. So they have to borrow money to plant to grow grain that they know they aren't going to be able to sell or that they're going to have to sell at a huge loss because the prices on these commodities have really dropped over the last 18 months. So a little of it is counterintuitive. A complaint that I'm hearing from a lot of the smaller farmers is that the large farmers, meaning the corporations, which have access to other capital and shouldn't really shouldn't have access to these kind of grants from the government, are, are also qualifying for this sort of money. And it's money that the smaller farmers feel like should go disproportionately to these small family farmers who are really hurting. We're hearing stories of dairy farmers in Wisconsin closing down shop almost every day, in part because of the tariffs, but not entirely, right? There's a lot of things going on with the weather and with changes in American tastes and um, with increased competition from other countries. But the tariffs are are kind of the death knell, particularly for soybeans, because China is just a huge importer of soybeans. I mean, there's no other country that can make up the difference. And now what the farmers are finally realizing is that they're not going to get the market back because China has discovered it can import from Australia, it can import from South America. And in terms of corn, and, and Illinois is not a major exporter of corn, but in terms of corn, Ukraine has become, once again, it was a major exporter of corn, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, but it's it's really competing with the U.S. in the corn market now. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting that it's Taiwan, this one-time breakaway province from China that might be offering a lifeline to Illinois farmers. Um, Taiwan has also pledged to purchase grains from Mississippi. Do we know what's motivating their actions? Yeah. So, you know, if you're ever cleaning out your parents' closet or maybe in an antique store, you'll see products that are stamped made in the Republic of China. Uh, Republic of China is Taiwan. And prior to 1979, the U.S. had full diplomatic relations with, with that country, and we treated it as a normal country. After 1979, because we wanted to have full diplomatic relations with mainland China, we agreed to stop calling the Republic of China China and to call it Taiwan. So when we say Taiwan, we're talking about the Republic of China. And the Republic of China, even though we don't have diplomatic relations, the U.S. is still committed to defending the country and to selling it weapons. But every time the U.S. tries to sell Taiwan weapons, and remember, those are existentially important to Taiwan to defend themselves. Every time the U.S. is ready to sell Taiwan weapons, it comes under enormous pressure from mainland China, from China, not to sell them these arms systems. And What very often happens is Congress steps in to force the president to do the weapons sale. And over the summer, um, Taiwan was busy negotiating and hoping for a sale of $8 billion worth of F-16s from the U.S. to Taiwan. And the White House was worried that this was going to impact its ability to ink a trade deal with China. And so there was some worry among the Taiwanese that this sale wouldn't go forward. And so... Taiwan encouraged Congress to pressure um, the president to go ahead and and sell these planes, which it has now. The White House about a month ago approved the sale of $8 billion worth of defense equipment to Taiwan. And there's not necessarily a quid pro quo, but it's a reminder that Taiwan has a very good PR machine. And they are very aware that they need to keep reminding the American people, and in particular various states' congressional delegations, that Taiwan is an important partner of the U.S. and that Taiwan is a country that deserves U.S. support. 
support. And that's a big part of what is going on with these green cells. That's Cecile Shea. She's Senior Fellow on Global Security and Diplomacy at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. Cecile, it's always great to talk to you. It's great to talk to you too, Jen. Thanks. And that's it for today's morning shift, or should I say one part of today's morning shift. A bonus podcast is dropping in your feed later today. It's sports contributor Cheryl raced out talking to Gary Pressy. Pressy's been the organist at Wrigley Field for 33 years, and he's packing up his song sheets and retiring. Pressy discusses the organ as part of the classic feel at a ballpark and shares some great stories about his favorite seventh inning stretch moments. So check that out and come back again tomorrow for our Friday News Roundup. Until then, I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.